0: How you are in the world matters. Overwhelm is inevitable and optional. It's time to listen up and make it optional for you. So, on this week's episode of the Overwhelm is Optional podcast, I'm really, really excited to have Neville Wright with me. Neville has an incredible story to share. If you haven't yet read his book, go and get it. The answer is yes. Now, what's the question? A brilliant title that just turns everything around. Now, Neville went from 37 pence to over 100 million by doing lots of things but the thing I'm really interested for the listeners of this podcast is Neville reframes everything in quite an extraordinary way and that has really helped him and that's what really stood out for me about your story when I heard you talk and that's why I've invited you here so welcome Neville Tell me about, I'd really like to know about when you felt most stuck in your life, but you managed to use your brilliant reframes to get unstuck and just keep going, keep going. How did you do that? Tell us, pick a story.
1: Well, how, how I was, um, anyway, hello, and uh, thank you very much for inviting me <laughs> uh, onto your um, uh, podcast. And Marilyn's just brought me a coffee, which I'm desperate for. Thank you very much, Marilyn, and it uh, gives me a chance to, uh, to understand the question. You, you want to know uh, one time when my life changed?
0: You have so many stories and it's clear that you want to share those stories because there's so much wisdom there and you and marilyn have worked through a real roller coaster of a life to be outrageously successful and what was clear to me is one of your strengths is you turn things around like your title of your book
1: got it yes yeah so there's lots and lots of turning points and i do think everybody has these in their life uh, some people recognise them, thank you very much And some people don't uh, And 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 keep going along And I, I think there are opportunities And very often opportunities in disguise One of those um, turning points and opportunities uh, Was in 1978 uh, When we had a shop uh, for a year And Marilyn had spent probably 50 or 60 hours in that shop every week and I'd spent the Saturdays in there and then we used to go to the cash and carries in the evenings and at weekends we used to go to London to the uh, um, East End uh, buy-in and, and we did so much work. We was running around um, soaking in all the... Um, the oh, it's just absolutely brilliant. It felt brilliant and it was all new to us and then when we went to see the accountant at the end of the year... Uh, they said, well, You have not earned anything. And so we'd done all the work for nothing, not even took a wage out of it. And we'd got £1,500 worth of extra stock on the shelves, which wasn't enough to push the business forward because we, we hadn't got the money. So we sold that shop, and uh, I, I was uh, going to sign for it on the Friday afternoon. And a rep came in. His name was Carl Davis. It's all in the book. And and he's and I said, well, we won't see you again, Carl. And he said, why? I said, well, because we've sold the shop. Because it's no good. We wasn't making. We're not making any money. Uh, we're in the wrong position. And with that, he got up. We was eating fish and chips in the back of the shop. And he got up. He did. He put his fish and chips down. And he. Got me by the scruff of the neck. Um, he was about thirty stone. This guy was. I'd known him for a year, and he was very loud and articulate uh, voice. He was, and he grabbed me, and I was nine stone soaking wet. And he pulled me out of the shop, and he says, "You say you're in the wrong position. This is the main street, coming in and out of town." And he swung me round like a rag doll. And he was and he was so enthusiastic he says, "I've seen you and Marilyn work so hard for a year and he says, "And now you're going to give it all up because you think you're in the wrong position and yet all these cars are passing and no one takes any notice of you because you're uh, not presenting your business properly and within about five minutes of uh, going on and and that's uh, there's two things here. One, we kept the shop um, because Carl had convinced me in that in that few minutes that uh, it was the right thing to do. And, and two, he was so passionate about my business and Marilyn's business, the passion there. And it wasn't anything to do with him. You know, it just could, it was just passionate. And he showed me to carry on. Uh, that was one thing, and he showed me what passion was I never knew what passion was for business until that day and i have been in business four years and i I'd never seen such passion and it's like that changed my mind completely I mean somebody uh, the other day I saw on Facebook says if you uh, if you need motivating you shouldn't be in business well god I've been in business for four years and that guy motivated me because he changed my mind. He changed my world. He changed everything because he stepped me up to the next level. I didn't know there was levels, but he put me right up uh, and and then I could be passionate. I, I didn't know what passion was before. And I went into the shop and I said to Marilyn, we're not selling. Now, her being a Taurus, Taurian, um, she would have said to me, if she didn't want to, she would have said, "Go, oh, no, I'm selling it, and that's it." But she didn't. She didn't want to sell the shop. But at the same time, I told her about what Carl had said and that we was going to give it another go. But who was I to say that tomorrow would be any better than yesterday, and we would still be working like mad for no money? Because by the time I'd been to the East End picked up a van load of stock and brought it back and sold it. There wasn't enough stock there, wasn't enough profit to pay for the petrol to go down, let alone the time.
0: So that's a really good example, because what you guys were doing is working really hard. You're busy, busy, busy. And that busy, busy, busy can be exciting, but you don't realise actually you're overwhelmed because all you're doing is getting through. You're not looking. You can only see that, you know, keep that, keep. And I think when we get stuck in that just getting through and we think we we think we're doing the right thing we're committed we're working hard I had a message from somebody today going are you busy I said I don't I'm not looking to be busy because busy misses the point for me so I love what happened there so Carl kind of you said he kind of changed your view didn't he He made you see the next level he took you I love the way he actually physically did because he pulled you (laughs) outside and went you're on a main street for goodness sake so what changed then because you said you tapped into the idea of passion and that's really interesting because people think when they're really committed to their business all they've got to do is work hard but that wasn't working was it
1: well I focused I, 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 I focused on what I was doing. I didn't just go through the motions. Oh, yeah. I focused on everything. Every sm- we, we spoke yesterday about the, uh, uh, Kaizen method, one small step at a time and being in a, a, an area and don't, you know, feel, uh, one of the things I read years and years and years ago was feel the balls of your feet. Oh, and, and I couldn't get that. You know, I had to read it 20 times. What does it mean? Feel the balls of your feet. Stand still. Stand still. You know, you don't go running here and there like a, a, a bloodhound, you know, following its nose. Stand still. And, uh, I've got a spot
0: you right there
1: because...
0: One of the things I'm known for is getting people out of their head into their body to create exactly that. And what I always do is, so I invite people to close their eyes and take their attention down to their feet. And I always start with feel your feet on the ground. And I have this one minute mark, it's called. And uh, people, people are using it because they can pause for one minute, feel their feet on the ground, and it completely changes their perspective in one minute so i love what you've said that because it completely connects with how i work what i teach on this podcast and that's really interesting so feeling not your whole feet though you've just got the balls of your feet so that's really interesting
1: uh i said it may have been a um uh it, it may have been a saying to get you attracted to what was on the page i don't know it was um who, who knows, but I I looked at it, it stopped me in the tracks, and I go, well, I don't know what they're talking about, um, feel the balls of your feet, you know, <laughs> and I, yeah, and it was, that was, that was it, and that actually, um, going on to another little story, uh, just proves what what it is, so the alarms went off in um, uh, the latest shot that we'd got, and, and uh, it was a Oh crikey, Hundred and sixty thousand square foot. You know, that's a lot of there was a lot of people at the time there was about eighty people working in there, and the alarms went off. And um and this was for the fire alarm. So in the warehouse it was twelve foot uh twelve meters tall, the racking was, and two racks deep. So you had to be very you had to be a very skilled person uh to be on a fork truck. Uh, with a little camera to go 12 meters high and two racks deep and you could soon drop stuff you know and it could soon be a catastrophe so anyway this new driver came and he was told not to go in a certain place where there's lots of signs so he did as you do and he knocked a six inch pipe and he broke it broke the seal and that was uh, and then water was coming out of that and uh, and the the fire alarms went off, and um, and and it was a flood. And there were and I ran into the warehouse, and um, there was already about thirty people in there uh, with the doors open, sweeping all this uh, water out and uh, trying to get it into buckets. And it was chaos. And I stood there for a second to assess the situation of all these people like going round like flies panicking and i've got my security uh, manager with me and i said Barry what's um situation here the uh, why is it coming out so fast he said well when you have a break the pumps come on we've got some massive diesel pumps and they came on and i go right okay turn the pumps off override the pumps turn them off open the valves and let the water go out of the um, of the building. It's all right saying that, but when you've got, uh, I think it was about 60,000 square foot in that area, 12 meters high, there's a lot of water, thousands and thousands of gallons of water, and it's still coming out. And now it was gravity coming out. I took my uh, fleece off, dragged a desk across, and stuffed my fleece in the hole. And it stopped the water. No way. Yeah, because the pumps wasn't on and all it was, was the pressure. And I could ram this fleece into this hole.
0: You saved a warehouse full of stock, standing still. And I'm standing on this
1: desk (laughs) and there's all these people around me and somebody goes, now you know why he's the boss.
0: that's true right because because that is such a perfect example of what happens when you get overwhelmed you get stuck in survival mode your mind switches to quick do anything emergency and it's not always the best thing it took you to do the opposite now what's really interesting to me about that particularly for you is apparently you have adhd so why were you the calm one in that situation?
1: Um, I, well, I like to think it's logic. Uh, I'm a very logical person, and um, and it's having ADHD. You go from one to another to another. You know uh, things that just attract you, and this is why I said we'll film this because if if I wasn't see, I've just had my coffee. I've just got my water. I'm just trying to tidy up things around here, and it's like, but if we wasn't. Seeing each other, I'd be doing emails and I'd be writing stuff down and messing about and walking all over the place uh, into the kitchen or wherever. And it's and and so I'm focused now and I can focus, but not for a long time. I mean, that was only focusing for a few seconds before making that decision. And and I'm always being told by um, Marilyn. Will you stop and let me finish what I was saying? And I've gone, no, I've got the answer because she comes out, what are we going to do about this? Uh, And starts with the problem. I've got the answer. That's it. Don't say, let me finish. She says, let me finish. I go, no, you don't need to finish. You know, I've got, we're going to do this. We'll make a decision. So it's that kind of uh, ADHD that's, um, that, that is really, really good for me, but it aggravates a lot of other people so uh, uh i could I could do that you know I could just stand there for a few seconds and make uh assess the problem and and uh, get the answer for it
0: so I love your story about the warehouse, partly because it's hilarious that you just stood on a desk and shoved your fleece in the- to stop the water but it also shows how important it is to just pause and take an overview change your view not get caught up in the busyness the overwhelming reactionary kind of state and just to stop feel your feet on the ground and think and then do the simplest thing and it is about keeping it simple isn't it it is about getting out of your own way So people could look at you and say, well, it's all right for him. He's built this huge business. You know, it was obviously he was very lucky or it was this or it's this. But your book clearly shows that it was a series of decisions where you learnt a lot and you kept reframing it. So what would you say to there's a lot of people at the moment who are entrepreneurs, but they're struggling because, the world's a little bit weird at the moment, and they they, they might be struggling already. But there's even more to think about to get overwhelmed by. There's there's a lot of people stuck. So you're really successful. What would be a really simple way for them to get out of their own way and just get a bit of momentum, get the passion back?
1: Well, yeah, you, you said there's so many people that are waiting. They're waiting for the sun to shine. Well, the, the sun's shining today. They're waiting for the snow to go away. They're waiting for their certificate to come through. They're, you know, the uh, uh, if they've done exams, they're waiting for the exams to come through. Uh, right. And they're waiting yeah. and, and waiting and um, shall we say procrastinating.
0: Uh,
1: and and I think uh, I say in my book quite a bit uh, that. You've just got to get off your backside and uh, and do something, do anything that you're capable of doing, and then do the next thing and the next and the next. And, and some people, a lot of people, don't agree with that. They're waiting because they are skilled um, and they're waiting for the right job, the right opportunity. And and the opportunity and the right job is out there if they if that's what they're looking for. But but it's like. It always reminds me of uh, if you want to go to Scotland and you're in um, and you're in London and you're taxiing down the runway, you're probably going heading for France uh, because that's the way the plane is going. The plane is going into the wind and, and it's, you want to go that way, but the plane is going that way. So it's like sometimes in life you have to go a different way, not because you want to, it's because you, you have to. You, you know, you, you can't wait until all the lights are on green before you go to town because you'll never get there. So, therefore, you've got to go a different way and you've got to do whatever you can do. And now, because so many people procrastinate, so many people um look at the uh I, I went on a diet uh that was one of my new year's resolutions i went on a diet the first of january well, it was uh, christmas uh, before christmas so i thought by the end of january i'll have lost eight pounds um and by the end of january in the in the 30 odd days all i'd lost is 30 odd days so so uh, this is what happens you know because i wasn't focused I wasn't um it, 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 it wasn't a priority for me it was just yeah. one of those uh, things I put down as I, I would like so yeah. I would like to lose eight pound in January and all I lost is the 31 days in January because I didn't focus and yeah. I didn't get off my backside to so do you as much actually as I should go
0: on a diet you just kind of you have the wishful thinking but you didn't actually do it
1: I thought if I went on a liquid diet, it'd be better than food.
0: <laughs> I can't believe you were even thinking about it just before Christmas. Like Christmas is fun because of the eating.
1: <laughs> I know, but, you know, I, I go on. I normally go on an exercise and diet when I go on holiday and everybody who comes on holiday with me goes, what are you doing? Why are you eating lettuce? And I'm going, because I can... Uh, I can concentrate yeah, yeah. on it
0: now because I
1: got I'm relaxed. I'm not overwhelmed by everything else that's going on. That's yeah. a good, you know, when you put that into overwhelm, uh, you've got so much to do. You're in the office, you're working, you got, you go on the sites, whatever you're doing, you've got so much to do. Yeah. You grab, you know, you grab that sandwich or if you go into the site and you know, there's four or five guys there, you, you going to call in and get four or five coffees and some sandwiches? Are you going to leave yourself out? Or the the burger van comes around for the bacon butties and the sausage butties and whatever? Are you going to stand there and um, not not to eat with them?
0: So actually, the holiday gives you the space to really focus.
1: Exactly. It does. Yeah. And I need a holiday.
0: <laughs> oh, God, we all need a holiday.
1: Yeah. So I need a holiday to focus on, um, uh, you know, on health. Yes, I absolutely. Yeah. So, so.
0: so I love that bit of advice because I, I really like advice that empowers people to start where they are rather than thinking they need to learn more and more and more and keep absorbing information or they need to be better or they need to be more confident or they need to be more. I really like advice that says, look, you've got a ton more knowledge. You're more capable than you realise. Start where you are and just take action, even if it's not perfect, even if it seems it's in the wrong direction. Just do what you can with what you've got is what you've said, what you said. And I absolutely love that because that's possible for everybody.
1: It, it is that there is uh, so many people, um, a, a friend of mine, uh, his, his son went to school and did very, very well, went on to college and did very well, went to university and did very well. Um, and then I, I do think if you stay around too long, you get to be part of the fabric and you don't want to open the door to go out into the world. So they took another course and another course. And then they kicked him out when he was about 32, because he, <laughs> <laughs> he should have got a job there, really. Um, and then he couldn't get a job because he was like a scientist and he was too overqualified for everything that there was about. So he ended up in a menial job. Um, luckily he liked it, but he could have done that like 20 years earlier, or well, not 15 years earlier. Um because in that time you could buy a house or whatever. Yeah, there's a lot thing of do, yeah. People procrastinate. That's what I'm saying. They procrastinate. And, and on education, if you're not focused and you if if you're just taking courses for the sake of taking courses and, and you're not interested or you're not focused on it, um, then you might as well go out and get some practical um you know, uh, experience, and then go back to uh, learning. And, uh, I, and I've used my car for 30, 30 odd years. I use that as a classroom. So by listening to tapes and CDs and, you know, books and stuff like that, well, now you can get books, but you couldn't in those days. Um, so you can still educate yourself uh, where when you're working. you know and um and and people think you've got to be in full-time education well you've not because you're wasting so much time unless you are focused and you know exactly what you do i know other people who have gone into university and they've known exactly why they're there and um and what they're doing and and they've come out and you know they've they've done brilliantly well because you know they're they know what they're up to. They do, yeah, but that's that's.
0: I think that's quite rare, isn't it? That kind of knowing. It is having a vocation when you're really young, like if you want to be a doctor and and you just work really hard and then you get there and and you love it. I think that's quite rare because there's so it many is. opportunities and we change so much and we get excited about different things. So, I think for the majority of people, it it's it's makes more sense to have a bit of practical. Like I, I made my boys do some kind of more menial work as well as going to university because I wanted them to have what you're saying, that balanced, you know, actually doing stuff and having experience as well as going off and studying because, I don't know, I just, that's what I always did. And I, I just think it's grounding. I think you can, you're right, you can get stuck in learning um or, or waiting for that certificate i think that's a really interesting one that we all think we can easily get into yeah i shouldn't be doing this because i haven't got that yet
1: Rather People than, yeah, yeah. They, they won't take certain jobs because uh it's um too menial yet yeah, actually it's teaching them an awful lot uh that they don't realize and um and, and for every hour somebody sits on their backside earning nothing, well, you know it's an hour of their life gone. And, um, and they learning. learning. Yeah, they they're not learning, not earning.
0: Yeah. So think about. I'm going to ask you, what's the worst job you've ever done? Because I know the worst job I ever did was for the National Coal Board in 1987, one pound sixty two an hour. Sat in a cupboard, filing um, miners redundancy notices, which came off those old computer printers with the holes at the side. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. And then put, and there was a wall of files, and there were on the floor was stacks and stacks of this folded out computer paper, and I was supposed to take the holes off, and put these terrible (laughs) miners redundancy notices. That was. The, that was worse than some more menial jobs I'd ever done. £1.62 an hour. But I'd rather have done that than sign on because, I don't know, I just have always taken any job. So what's the worst
1: job that you've uh, ever
0: done?
1: Lot, I've had lots and lots of uh, jobs where I wasn't in control of of what I was doing. And that was... That's the worst thing yes. I think I could ever have not being competent and in control uh, of what the task was, so this is where training comes in and this is this taught me an awful lot about don't expect people to be interested or to be able to do things if they're not trained you know to to do it and so you this is why we you remind that
0: program. because you've done the jobs where you didn't feel in control and that's what you're saying isn't it it's better to just do something than nothing because you don't know when you're going to learn the skills so for me being sat in that cupboard filing minus redundancy notices taught me that it was worth me pushing myself more to do something more interesting otherwise you get stuck in those kind of jobs and i i think you're right that the you never know the lesson you're learning at the time by just taking action
1: you you don't and um and if you do a job really well if you get it if you get um if you make yourself enthusiastic because that's the only job you've got and you're not um you can't get another one then do it better than anybody else because somebody's going to come along and uh, employ you for another job if you and i say to people if you haven't got a job go and work in mcdonald's or somewhere because it's one of the best places you can yeah. You can go because it's got thousands and thousands of jobs. It has all different types of jobs. And you can either go up the ladder or if you're really, really at, enthusiastic about serving the customers and getting it right, then a, every single customer who comes to you uh, is giving you an interview. And, and one and one day somebody will come who's got a job for you. And if you're a miserable um you know, so-and-so, uh, then they're not going to give you a job. But if you're the best server on the line there, they're going to pick you out and they're going to give you a better job.
0: I love that. That's a <laughs> really good reframe, isn't it? Go, although I've actually heard McDonald's is one of the best companies to work for because they're so on the training and, and advancement. But I love the idea that even if you're in a job that you don't really want, that you don't, you know, you wish life had turned out differently. If you do it really, really well, there's nothing like doing something well and smiling and surprising somebody, is there?
1: No, no. And you, and if if you know what you want, and uh, because you've seen it, uh, seen somebody else do it, and they've inspired you, then you can do it. It's just in the mindset it is. But so uh, people want to be instant uh, millionaires. And um, unless you win the lottery, you know you, you're not you're not going to be an instant millionaire. That's the only way to to do it, I believe, to win the lottery. And and boy, didn't I win, want to win the lottery when I was young? You know. So uh, once you've got that out of your mindset that you you're not going to you you've got to start working yourself. You know, yeah. you can't have people give you. And then and then what would you do if you got a million? Pounds. Yeah, I was going to say,
0: what it. would
1: you do? Yeah, and what if, would you do with it? Yeah, uh, and um, the money uh, would go to somebody else who would look after it, and that's what money does. It gravitates to somebody who's working it and looking after it, because money is like the same as uh, people. People gravitate to somewhere that they're going to be looked after mm. and um, and they're going to be made use of they are their talents are
0: I love that so I did read in your book or somewhere that you think there should be was it a one million more self-employed people or something I do I'm really interested in that I agree but I want to know why you wrote that and I'd like to know a bit more about that
1: well, just um, ring any big utility company and try and get through to somebody, and try and get anything done. You, you know, you, it's it's virtually impossible, whether it's a telephone company or a, a gas electric company, whatever it is. You know, um, and 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 try. People are looking for something for for solutions to their problems, uh, and uh, the bigger the companies get the worse the solutions get because then you're talking to somebody like in a different country who knows nothing about what's happening in your area. So um, the more self-employed people, the more I know it's, uh, it, 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 it's dreadful at the moment for entrepreneurs who are um, uh, stuck with certain situations like the restaurants closing you know we've got investments in about 30 restaurants in cent in the centre of London well if you was out in the sticks you'd you could do your takeaways but you can't in the center of London because there's people are not using the offices thousands and thousands of people mm-hmm. are not going to the offices you know if they've been relying on those um, it's very very difficult so uh but if you are a, a self-employed person you can get a burger van you can get a little um, you can do something different you have to you have to find the customers um and then you employ start employing people and then you're educating people it's a lot different being educated by a self-employed person mm. uh, than there is to go into a big corporate and be educated completely different because i find that when you're in a big corporate they'll give you a, a niche job to do in a in a uh, a chain of jobs and everybody is doing a niche job and you can't connect all the dots whereas in a small company you can wear so many hats and understand and learn how to run a business so because you're doing everything you're doing yeah. everything yeah. ground up and you understand the whole process if you get bigger uh, and go to a big company, you can't understand the whole process, so you just do a niche job. And then, if you're made redundant, where do you find another job to fit that niche? Yeah, it's very difficult. So I think you need another million uh, self-employed people to make the country uh, work. Um, but I've always thought that, you know, for the last 40 years, I've always thought you need another million people, um, and now you you need even more. You do. And now it's a great opportunity.
0: Go on. What's well, the opportunities now? So, say you've well, got somebody who's stuck at home; they've realised that job security isn't what it was because the world's changing. What can no, they, but they?
1: But but that educates them to give other people security. Exactly. Because if they haven't got it themselves, and it, it, then they can then they can build a business and give other people. Then they've got more understanding. They've got more empathy. They exactly. have. For that, for that person. Whereas you're just a number in a big organization um, and you're, you're there and you're out one day because somebody across I've had a situation where somebody in America makes a decision and I've lost my job in England. You know, it's just 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 like that. Yeah. They don't know you, they don't care about you, they don't know that how your life will be impacted. Mm. so so therefore when you've got a a small group of people they they understand a lot more and um somebody
0: somebody's feeling inspired by what you're saying there is opportunity at the moment even though there's a lot of doom laden stuff being pushed out in the press you're saying there's lots of opportunity at the moment we need more people to be self-employed what yes. would you suggest people do? Say they're listening well, and they're saying, yeah, okay, then what do I do though? Because it, it's too easy, I think, for people who aren't yet entrepreneurs or are struggling, overwhelmed entrepreneurs, to look at you and go, it's all right for you. So how can we turn it around and say and get them into that feeling of, yes, there is something I can do?
1: Yeah. You- you, you find something that you can do a little bit better, a little bit quicker, a little bit cheaper, a little bit or or dearer because there's a niches where you can, you know, put your prices up. And and um, uh, so so is what value do you give to somebody? So walk down the high street today, you know, and and see all the things that you don't like. And all the places you don't go into today and why don't you go into them? What's the reason, and can you could you do it so you could make people happy? Um, I've stopped going in lots and lots of places because they they kind of act like they're police, they've got some authority um and uh, they start shouting at you uh in my situation. uh when I open the door, they shout at you and you go, "Well, okay, well, fine, I've been in that shop for the last five years I, I won't go in there again." you know, because you don't want to be shouted at because you're a little bit different to other people because there's no understanding. Mm. And, um, and so therefore, there's lots of things you could uh, set up, and you could do it just that little bit different, uh, with a bit more empathy. Um, uh, So, so what is it today that's aggravated you? And usually, things are born out of aggravation. I didn't like the way they served me, I didn't like. They couldn't get the product, or they wasn't bothered about, you yeah. know, this this type of thing, or they didn't turn up when they said they was going to turn up, or um, yeah, I I need, you know, I need my carpets cleaning, I need my chimney sweeping, I need this and that. I, I, you know, you can start virtually with nothing, and and um, and then but the problem is that people very often they start to do something and they think that's it that's the world and i found that um i suppose with my dyslexia adhd that with dyslexia and um, whatever you do self employed you need um to have uh, administ- uh, administrators yeah you know, for f- for doing the bookwork and stuff like that and i was very very uh, um lucky that uh marilyn wanted to be self-employed wanted to uh be secure as well and um and so she could do that and i could do the other and it's like and it's so with dyslexia it, it taught me that to employ people not to mm. be afraid of employing people and then with the adhd i was always looking looking what's what's better you know what can i do that makes more money and is easier or better or or gives me more pleasure um so I love so... what you've
0: done there you're turn you're turning around difficult situations and saying how can you do it better and, and one there were two things you said that I absolutely loved one is you will now have more empathy so that's turning things that have been difficult for you into making the world better and you also said what will make people happy and and the idea that we can take um previous kind of pa- pain and difficulties and turn it around and use the empathy of that situation and really focus on seeing all the opportunities in front of us to make people happy to do things better to to redress all the things that like you say have irritated us that is such an amazing way to look at the world that's just i that's just A brilliant way of looking at the world. And I absolutely love that. And I think that that is really useful to anybody who's feeling like the world is going, you know, going crazy at the moment. It's easy to get caught up in the news headlines, um, people saying, no, you can't do things at the moment or everything's difficult at the moment. Or you've like you said, you've got to wait for all your ducks to be in a row. What you've said is No. You can step outside of all of that. You can look for opportunity to do things better, to do things differently, and to make people happy. It's just really nice. I really like that.
1: It, it you could turn on the telly now and you've got two comedies. One one is called the News, the BBC or w- whatever it is, and, and the other one you could watch the old programs, Victor Mildrew. <laughs> right. And you now he's better because that's more educational. That is, Victor, he shows you all the things that is so frustrating in life. <laughs> and it's like, he it gi- it gives you so many ideas to become self-employed. Yeah, you know? I love
0: that. So that's that's <laughs> Neville's tip for getting out of Owenwell, <laughs> turning your life around. Watch yeah. Victor Meldrew for Yeah,
1: Just them. make sure you, you watch the right comedies, you know, because some people think, you know, turn on... Uh, some of the comedies and they they take notice of it too much (laughs) yeah yeah and that's on every hour that is well Victor Mildrew is probably not (laughs) yeah reverse psychology
0: is that your so what's your if we just summed up yeah and gave people one main takeaway for getting out of overwhelm and being able to take that action that you talk about what would you say to them
1: well, a stopped clock is right twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know it's. it's Where do you feel in your heart that you want to be looking after yourself? You want to be responsible for yourself, and um, mm. and if you do you have to hold your hand up you have to say i am responsible i i am responsible and burn your bridges and um and when you get on an aeroplane well if you can remember getting on an aeroplane I'm sure and i used to be on an aeroplane every two weeks at one time and um and it was like uh, put your mask on in the in the event of a uh,
0: emergency
1: uh, emergency you know in, in the event of uh, the air failing put your mask on first
0: yeah put your own mask on first look after yourself yeah
1: so many people say to me oh i'd love to give you know what what do you want to do well i want to earn enough money um to to give to loads of charities go but you but you've got to, you know and you're talking about the long run so you've got to look after yourself first mm. to be able to build that up to get a, a consistency that you can do that with surplus, uh, but you can't make it the priority for start because you'll end up in the same situation. Yeah. So so you end up if you if you don't put your own mask on first on the plane, but uh, uh, lack of oxygen, mm. unfortunately, you're not going to be able. To to help anybody else
0: yeah thanks for that yeah (laughs) yeah and thank you so much for sharing some of your brilliant stories there's so many more stories that you have to share in your book and I really do recommend people get it read it share it and, and yeah, digest it. I'm still reading it. I was tempted to do that thing where you skim read a book for a podcast, but it's not how I like to do things at all. I grabbed the opportunity to talk to you because I loved what you shared um, in the business group I'm in. And I was, I'm just delighted that you said yes. So thank you so much for being with us today and sharing some of your wisdom and your humour and your generosity. It's really appreciated.
1: You're very welcome. Thank, thank you very much for inviting me on.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Overwhelm is Optional podcast. If you find this podcast has lifted your day, inspired or helped you in any way, please take some time to subscribe or share it or preferably both so more people can find out about my work. To connect with me, please email me at heidi at HeidiMark.co.uk. That's heidi h e i d i at heidimark with an e .co.uk, or visit me on all the normal social media platforms at heidimark